and welcome back to In My Opinionation. I am your host, Mallory. I am joined this week by my co-host, Jen, and a special guest host. Ooh. Ooh. Hello, special guest host. Do you want to introduce yourself? Well, hello. My name is uh, Al. I am uh, proud. Well, guest proud is, I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for, but I'm Jen's dad. Rude. <laughs> Yeah, we have Jen's dad with us today. Very exciting. Hi, daddy. Hi, hon. <laughs> I am here for the Nick's perspective. Yeah. Do you want to give us a little bit of your background with Blossom? Have you watched it before? Did you know what it was? Yeah, um, I, I remember when it was on TV. You know, I think my kids didn't really watch it that much. I honestly, I, I kind of when it came on, when I was flipping through the channels, I loved Dr. John. So the, the intro song always caught my attention. And, you know, here's this, you know, cute little bouncy girl, uh, bouncing around, kind of looked like a girlfriend I had in grade nine, actually. So caught my, attention. no, not in a weird way. Dad. Um, no, no, I'm just, come on now. Um, and yeah, no, I just, uh, but once the show kind of got into it for, you know, at that time I was a, a dad raising a couple kids running around. And I think you guys were at that point more watching, uh, you know, the PJs on, uh, on YTV, oh, yeah. you know, I, I think that's what we've been talking about this back and forth, but we kept saying like, Eric is a parent and that's great, but he's a parent for now. And we, we keep, I think all of us have talked to our parents at some point and been like, do you want to be on the podcast? Because we wanted to get that experience of somebody that was parenting at that time. Cause yeah. obviously it's going to be different. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's really exciting to get a perspective on that. Yeah. I was, I was there. I was there in the movie. <laughs> I was a delight. I'm sure. Yes, every day. Yeah, you should tell us stories about raising Jen. Well, is is that for another podcast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what kind of stories are you going to tell? Oh, no, we won't go get into doll mutilations or <laughs> Spice Girls. Uh, no, no, we don't need to. Hey, let me clarify. The doll mutilation was, I always created intricate stories. I had my Power Ranger figures. I had Ninja Turtles. They had to save somebody. So sometimes my parents would walk in and my Barbies would be strung up because they were captured. Yes. No, you were you were always the savior. <laughs> it was just, you know, walking in and seeing Barbie hanging upside down. It was like waiting for her hero. Yeah, man. Yeah. Was Barbie ever the hero, though, Jen? I had the female Power Rangers, okay. so we're not. Don't. Okay. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. <laughs> I I was a Spice Girl follower. I was into the girl power. Trini saved everybody. Good. Yeah. <laughs> true, that's true. All right. So so this week we watched season two, episode nine, Rockumentary. It aired on November 18th, 1991. It was written by Judith D. Allison and Don Rio and directed by Zane Busby. Zane Busby! Zane Busby! Yay! <laughs> so in this episode, Blossom is homesick. And so she decides to watch a, a music documentary and falls asleep while doing so and imagines her own documentary. Mm -hmm. So a little bit of trivia. This episode is a spoof of the Madonna doc documentary, Madonna Truth or Dare, also known as In Bed with Madonna. Mm -hmm. And it features a ton of guest stars, but I think we should kind of talk about them when we get to them. 
Yeah. Did you guys have any trivia for this one? Mine was the uh, the alternate name. So I actually found out the reason for that. So the In Bed with Madonna was the international title, um, mostly in like Europe and Asia. And apparently the reason for that is because they don't necessarily have the game Truth or Dare. Oh, so it just didn't mean anything to them. And uh, Madonna did an interview and said she hated the name In Bed with Madonna. And it, well, she hates everything, but... <laughs> as you'll see if you ever watch the actual documentary. But um, yeah, that's why they came up with that name, which actually says more about the documentary than the title Truth or Dare. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. So Jen and Al, you guys have seen the Madonna documentary. I have not. I was hoping to watch it before we got to recording today, but life happened and I didn't. So I'm going to be relying on you guys to be my documentary reference team. Mm -hmm. So for our listeners, I'm sure you know that our usual routine here is we kind of go through the episode scene by scene and we talk about what we thought of the character's choices, uh, how it relates to our lives. And basically the episode has a story arc. If you've watched this episode, you'll know that it really doesn't have a story arc. <laughs> it's it's a documentary. It's a bunch of little vignettes and scenes that don't necessarily lead to an outcome or a lesson. So I think we're going to do things a little bit different differently today. We are going to talk about the scenes and what happens, but I think we're going to focus more on those references and the cameos and the general um, what was going on at the time when this aired. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. So we will start with our cold open. So we have this Tonight on Blossom voiceover, <laughs> which we've never seen before. No. And it's just a bunch of clips from what we're going to see. So Blossom in this bathrobe and sunglasses, walking down a hall with her entourage, screaming fans, a limo, Blossom and Six practicing their song and dance, all that stuff. Really bizarre. Mm-hmm. Nothing like what we've seen from Blossom before. So this... Uh, right out the gate feels completely different. Yeah. There's no pretext for what this episode is going to be. I, no. I mean, there wouldn't have been at the time, obviously we can go and like, look at it ahead of time, but yeah, at the time I would have been so confused. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm thinking like anybody watching it for when it came on after, you know, that had been following the series, like that intro was like, am I on the wrong channel? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's all the right characters, like all the right actors, but it's, completely different it's black Mm -hmm. and white first of all right so so the cold open cold open ends with this title card that says blossom a rockumentary and then we go right into our regular opening credits so we know that we're watching the right show because we have our regular opening credits yeah so we go into our first scene it's morning at the russo house blossom is in bed she's sick uh she has a fever of 102 which for us canadians that's 38.8 degrees Celsius. Yeah, but if we're telling, <laughs> even Canadians, when we're telling temperature, like our thermometers are still in, mm, yours aren't? No. And um, so my work, we do um, I, basically a COVID screening when I go mm. into work. And part of that is taking your temperature with the little forehead thermometer and that's in Celsius. So I don't know if other people who are going into work right now have that same thermometer in Celsius, but I know temperatures in Celsius. (laughs) Look at you. So Blossom and Nick both swear that next year they're going to get the flu shot. How relevant you guys. That was one of, you know, my notes where I'm like, where they mentioned like the the towers and my notes are always like whoops that was one of those notes this week they're like better get the flu shot this year i'm like 
whoopsie, still relevant. Yep. <laughs> a little more relevant. Oh, yeah. 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 So uh, get vaccinated if you're not. Listeners, do it. Um, <laughs> so Blossom complains that the worst part of, of being sick is that she has to just stay in bed all day. But to cheer Blossom up, Nick has gotten her a stack of videos from the rental store. He's gotten Madonna Truth or, Do- or Dare. This is Spinal Tap. The Last Waltz and Don't Look Back. Now, I had heard of the first two. I have even watched Spinal Tap, which is great. If you haven't seen it, it's a mockumentary about this fake British rock band, and it's hilarious. So good. So I had to look up The Last Waltz and Don't Look Back. Mm -hmm. Uh, So The Last Waltz was a documentary about the band, the band called The Band. Yeah. (laughs) And their final concert. And when I looked up Don't Look Back, there were a ton of, of... films with this title and tv shows but the only one that made sense based on the year it came out was bob dylan don't Mm -hmm. look back and it's about bob dylan's 1965 british tour yeah that's the one i got yeah that that's definitely what nick would have been going to Mm -hmm. because there's the music theme through all of those videos no no matter how uh sketchy his reasons are for showing his daughter those uh <laughs> but uh yeah the, the the bob dylan one and the last waltz like she he should have put on the bob dylan for that she would have fell asleep a lot faster <laughs> <laughs> he was not an animated man no well dad you and i were talking about this yeah bob dylan fine whatever blossom is what 15 I think I, I'm pretty sure I saw at least pieces of Spinal Tap when I was 15 because of you. But we had the conversation. We're like, Nick, Nick, don't get the Madonna documentary for your 15 year old daughter. Like, it's it's a bad, bad idea. No, yeah, I questioned his his logic on that. And even uh, I mean, Spinal Tap, great great movie but you know it's the song titles uh, and the references in that are not something i would be throwing at my uh little daughter sick in bed i don't think jen i don't i mean I don't. you didn't throw it at me but i walked in the room and sat <laughs> down and you didn't turn it off well <laughs> there was you know lots of references uh to that movie you know it's yeah. like seinfeld you can there's mm-hmm. a ton one-liners from that movie it's a very funny movie but uh i don't think i was slipping that to you with when you were in bed <laughs> it was like here watch this yeah well i think especially madonna like god when that documentary came out like her blonde ambition tour was so well known and like i'm sure we'll talk about it but it was so well known for religious imagery and sexual Im- like it wasn't it wasn't like you happened to watch spinal tap and halfway through you're like oh wait there are a lot of sex jokes like you mm-hmm. had to go into this truth or dare documentary knowing what you were going to see oh absolutely yeah there was so much uh yeah there was she was being banned all over the place mm-hmm. in toronto yeah yeah i guess um i, I wanted to ask al you said it, it wasn't something that you would give to jen but was it something that if she was watching it on her own that you would be like, no, turn that off. Or was it just something that you wouldn't necessarily hand to her? It's just, I wouldn't necessarily hand it to her at 15. Um, you know, I would like to think at that point I'd done my work. enough that <laughs> She could watch it without, you know, running out, uh, you know, to, uh, 
<laughs> I was going to throw a couple of names of a couple of songs at Spinal Tap, but I'll leave that for that other podcast we're going to do because the the even the song references are a little sketchy. But yeah, uh, yeah, I think it's just a matter of it's like yeah, I I I just wouldn't have put that in for my daughter. Here, watch this, sweetie. Mm-hmm. Not something you're against, just not necessarily something a yeah. parent should be suggesting. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I I was actually, I was, Nick and I have a lot in common. I, there was often an, a mixer and a keyboard on our dining room mm-hmm. table was too, so, you know. That was um, the first thing I said, the first episode that Nick shows up, and I'm like, this, this feels a <laughs> lot like my life growing up. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was uh, a lot. Of, there's a lot of similarities there. That's yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. A little less Italian rage, but like besides that, <laughs> well, we got the Irish going. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so yeah, so Nick pops in the Madonna documentary, gives Blossom a kiss on the forehead, does this really cute thing where he's like, "Oh, I burnt my lips because um, <laughs> she has a fever," <laughs> and he takes off, and she falls asleep. And we kind of fade into her dream, which is this Madonna documentary. So we see the first scene that we saw from the opening. She's walking down this crowded hall. People are chanting her name. She has her whole entourage with her. We've got Nick, who's dressed like a slick manager, his hair pulled back in this ponytail. We have six, we have Tony, and then there's security guards and just random people lining the halls. And they bust through this door and it's just crowds of fans and paparazzi and they make their way through to this limo they get in the limo and blossom pops out and is waving and then the limo takes off so there were a couple signs people were holding yeah we tried yeah so one of them says john 316 which is a bible verse Mm -hmm. and the other one i thought like i could only catch half of it clearly and so the word bears and packers were on there which are Sports teams, right? Mm-hmm. Sports people. Yeah, yeah. We had to watch that a couple times. We we reroute we round this like three times, I think, to try to figure it out. I, I, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I couldn't figure it out. Yeah, but as soon as I saw, I saw the B A and the P A C underneath. I went Bears Packers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm guessing this isn't a reference to people holding signs in the documentary, then. I think this is just Zane Busby having a little bit of fun. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it might have been just more of a joke of like, lol, people in crowds holding signs. Yeah. Let's put a sports sign in there. Yeah. Now, the John 316, do either of you know what that is exactly references? I should have looked that up. I do not know. I'm going to look it up right now. Well, um, God so loved the... Uh, the what, what, I can't remember. It's it's like he lo- so loved the world that he gave them his son, and uh, and those who believe in him will have everlasting life. It's something in that's the uh, Cole's version. Oh, believe in Jesus or you'll die. Yes, yeah, I think pretty much, yeah. Great, <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like there again, you know, it, it's I think it's more a joke because you always see the guy with the rainbow Afro wig <laughs> in in the crowd at the football game mm-hmm. carrying that sign. And you're no you're you're looking at him going, mm, I don't know. You don't look like uh, so much a Jesus guy to me. But, you know, it's uh, the sign seems to get attention everywhere the, you, you see it in all kinds of sports. And that's funny because of the Bears and Packers mm-hmm. sign, too. 
right? Mm-hmm. It's like it is a thing you see at uh, football games a lot for some reason. Okay. In the South. <laughs> see, I didn't know that. That's funny. Yeah. So inside the limo, Blossom instructs Six to call Johnny. We don't know Johnny who called Johnny as Nick showers her with praise. She cuts him off. Like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. We're done. Um, immediately holds out her hand for him to, to do her nails. Nick tries to lighten the mood by talking about how much money they made, <laughs> but Blossom doesn't want to talk about money. It's filthy and it corrupts. She just wants to get to her jet. She'll Yeah. She'll still take the money. She just doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so at that point, six has gotten through on the phone. It's to Johnny Depp and <laughs> Blossom is breaking up with him over the phone from this limo. So I'm going to throw a reference in there from the mm-hmm. documentary. Um, so at the time they were filming this during the tour, Madonna was actually with Warren Beatty. So you could see Warren Beatty in some of the scenes of the documentary. He very clearly does not want to be there. He's like making fun of Madonna, like making commentary about, oh, the cameras are never off for you. Are they like you're always on? You're never like he makes a lot of really disparaging comments. And then we do see a scene where she's on the phone with him. They're having an argument. And immediately afterwards, we find out they broke up. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I figured this was probably a reference. Yeah. So we cut to Blossom's massive hotel room. Nick is on his very 90s cell phone. It's one of the ones that has the little bottom part that flips out and the antenna that you have to pull out. And it's about the size of a brick. It's massive. Um, He's trying to negotiate this revenue split on some Blossom T-shirts. And the deal is 95-5, take it or leave it. Of course, with the 95% going to Blossom and her team and 5% to whoever this other person is on the phone, the Mm T-shirt manufacturer, presumably. Nick walks out of frame and we get this zoom in on Blossom, just sadly looking out the window uh, (laughs) of her, of her hotel. And then we cut to a talking head where she talks about, she sometimes just thinks about giving it all up. You know, she knows that she could be happy backpacking around the world with just a backpack, a bike and her platinum card. (laughs) You know, like the regular folk. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The talking head kind of jumps. We have like a jump cut. Blossom now has this cup of tea and she's talking about attaining world peace, but stops mid-sentence because she needs to make sure that she's lit right. And Mm -hmm. if she's not lit right, then Tony's going to be dead, basically. (laughs) He's like hat and bandana combo is just on point. Very filmmaker. Yeah, just I think I think a lot of that is pretty close. Like that's some of that. Now, I didn't watch the entire Madonna video. I've seen bits and pieces of it here and there. But is that's that's kind of a lot of that stuff that's referenced a part of this out of the movie, isn't it? Like one, I'm sure there's a scene where she's sitting there drinking tea and being and doing that kind of talking about, you know, I'm such a grounded person. And and then it's like, but I want a little better lighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It's funny because I went back and I started uh, watching like production stuff, like what the director wanted and what Madonna wanted. And it's like we hit all these cameras backstage, so they never knew when they were being recorded. But that meant they knew that they were always being recorded. Mm -hmm. So and you know what? Maya Bialik does such a good job of it. She does these little like these little like smiles that don't meet her eyes and these little head cocks that you really see Madonna doing in the documentary and everything she says is so like, I love my backup dancers. I just like our relationship is so real. And I just feel like I'm their mother, like her trying to be so real, but doing it in such a manufactured way. Yeah. Well, even 
having not seen the Madonna documentary and also Nick in the, in the first scene, he doesn't say Madonna truth or dare. He just says truth or dare. Mm -hmm. So if you didn't know what those movies were, you wouldn't know what necessarily band or artist they were about. Mm -hmm. But even without that knowledge, it's so clear that this is Madonna. It's so clear and it's so well done. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think her acting is um, like, and the thing is that Madonna movie came out not very long before like for them to put that whole this whole episode together with all the extras and all the cameos and everything but I think you know Maya when she watched it she boy she really picked up but I thought she did she great acting in that yeah so then we cut to our first cameo Uh, And it's a talking head with Dick Clark. So who is Dick Clark? He (laughs) was an American radio and TV personality, producer and actor. And he was best known for hosting American Bandstand. But for people my age, we probably know him best for hosting Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve. Mm hmm. Yep. For a million years. Yeah. <laughs> and he's he's since uh, passed away, but it's still called Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve. Like they yeah. haven't taken his name off of it. Like he was such a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the estate, I'm sure, is still getting money every year from them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dick Clark was a very enterprising man. Well, I love too that Dick Clark's been around since, you know, the beginning of television because I think he was also like a radio play guy mm-hmm. and like he's been around since, you know, any sort of digital media has been around. Not digital, you know what I mean? But I love that he's like, well, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for Blossom. <laughs> yeah. I love this like disparate thing where because it's in Blossom's mind, she's imagining her life. And I checked Madonna was like 30 yeah. during the documentary. So Blossom in her brain is like imagining her life at 30, but she's a 15 year old girl. So all of these like 40 year old celebrities are like, well, I got my start because of Blossom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she imagines being divorced, right? Like yeah. she's like it's children, like 15, 16 year olds, but they're adults like they're, yeah. you know, it's it's, you know, that thing that you do in your dreams where mm-hmm. you're like, this makes sense. Yeah. 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 Six and Blossom are watching Donahue in the bedroom of this hotel room. Blossom is on this episode. And in a stroke of what I think is production genius, they reused the footage from season one, episode six, mm-hmm. Sex Lives and Teenagers, in which Donahue cameoed. So smart. Yeah. So it's actually footage of younger Blossom talking to Donahue. And it's not like a weird like Frankenstein of taking a clip from a Donahue show and putting in younger Blossom. Like it's actually a clip from that episode, which is great. Yeah. So Blossom is humble bragging to six about how Donahue asked her what it's like to be so great. But how can you answer that without making people hate you? Because it's true (laughs) that she is so great. No lack of confidence in that character. No, not, not at all. Out in the hotel living room, Nick is on the phone with someone Someone they don't want has shown up. We don't know who it is, but whoever's on the other end of this phone is getting fired for it. Back in the bedroom, Blossom Blossom asks Six if she would describe her movement as cat-like. And Six says yes, and Blossom just kind of stares at her until Six says the whole sentence. Well, she she looks and goes, okay, go ahead. (laughs) So Six has to be like, your movements are cat-like. Yeah, but again, Six is doing, like, Jennifer Oy is doing such a good job of playing this, like, desperate lackey character Mm -hmm. of, like, I will do anything to to stay here and be your best friend. She gets, she has those little eye... uh 
like her eyes go back and forth like okay i gotta make sure i get this right yeah you can be scared for her life sometimes (laughs) (laughs) it's great so nick shows up with the bad news he tries to butter up blossom first but she knows exactly that it's it's bad news just tell her what's going on so somebody let joey into the hotel (laughs) and (laughs) we see joey walking down the hall he's dressed like a 90s rapper think crisscross oh yeah baggy jeans open oversized baseball jersey backwards ball cap a chain around his neck and blossom's voiceover tells us that tells us that joey is basically a fame leech he just hangs around her trying to get famous and rich Mm -hmm. so we jump to joey performing his new song that i guess he's written himself for nick six and blossom in the living room jen is is just hung her head (laughs) she's so upset about this so he's doing this like 90s hip hop dance, which he does very well. He does double splits. Yeah. Yeah. And like bounces up from it. Like, yeah. So good. So um, I wrote down the rap and keep in mind, these are Joey's words and not mine. <laughs> so he raps skinny girls are nice, like a bell or a chime, but I'll take a fat girl every time. Yeah. I'll take a fat girl every time. Boy. <laughs> that was my favorite line boy <laughs> <laughs> he's just so proud of himself he figures that he's found this like untapped market yeah yeah that's a double entendre <laughs> <laughs> i know my dad's here but i need to drop at least one i okay. have to do it <laughs> so yeah he's very proud of himself yeah so he asks what the group thinks and nick and six just like look at blossom waiting for her to react and this whole time Mm -hmm. she's just been flipping through a magazine like she's not paying attention yeah and without looking up she's just like oh yeah it's cool and they start praising joey it's the best thing it's really cool it's great so joey asks blossom to set him up a meeting with the record company and get him a deal and she just kind of walks away and is like yeah set it up whatever here's a question i can't believe i didn't think to look this up when did Baby Got Back come out? <gasps> Let's look it up. Maybe it was an untapped market at the time. Well, I I feel I feel like it was because the early 90s was around the time that like heroin chic was like the whole thing, right? Like be as right. skinny as possible. That's that that was what it was. So yeah. like anything that wasn't a stick was not catered to at all. Yeah. As a fat chick, I say, hey. Watch your mouth. <laughs> Love you. I think once again, I think that that was, you know, the, the the Spinal Tap reference in the beginning, because one of the their biggest songs was Big Bottoms. Right. <laughs> you didn't know that, did you? <laughs> yes, that's right. And then there was Queen, Fat Bottom Girls. Yeah. 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 So Baby Got Back came out in 92. So one year oh. after this was released. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe Joey did start something. Maybe he did. <laughs> yes, yeah, Sir Mix-a-Lot was sitting there watching Blossom and going, hmm. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut back to Dick Clark's talking head. He says the most talented kids that he's ever worked with were Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder and Blossom. <laughs> and he explains that Blossom was once supposed to open for, for the Rolling Stones. But Mick Jagger said no one could follow that act. So... <laughs> Then we go back to Blossom's talking head where she's listing off her influences who are Catherine Hepburn, Marie Curie, India Gandhi, Margaret Thatcher, and Jamie Gertz. (laughs) And that got me right off the bat because I actually knew who Jamie Gertz was. Okay. Can you, can you explain to me and our listeners who that is? Because they mentioned her twice and I don't really know who this person is. 
And the second time I think they mentioned it, I I think I physically laughed out loud because I thought, why are they talking about Jamie Gertz? She's like a, a B celebrity kind of. But Jamie Gertz was in, in the 80s. She was on one of those kids shows, um, kind of like uh, Saved by the Bell or whatever, but it was called Square Pegs. And I think it only had one or two seasons. But she went on. She was in uh, Twister and she was in a lot of those movies in in the 80s uh, late 80s with uh she was in lost boys 16 candles with molly ringwald mm. crew um so she was kind of like a b player but she was in that group but it it's just was so funny that um you know that's who who blossom was looking up to you know <laughs> right so instead of referencing like molly ringwald yeah, she she mentioned, you know, the girl that was the, the bit player kind of. Right, right. OK. I was like, who on the production team is friends with Jamie Gertz? Because like, why else would you say it twice? Well, I, that's what I'm wondering. Like maybe Blossom even might have been watching those shows. Or, yeah. Or... Well, I wonder if that was the joke, though, is that it like it was all of these big names. And then, you know, like Catherine Hepburn and Jamie Gertz. And Margaret Thatcher. Yeah, like all of these big, big names. And then this like. <laughs> the actor. Well, sorry, I don't want no offense, Jamie. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm sure she was still pretty successful in her career and made lots of money. Right. Like yeah. the, the goal isn't necessarily to be the most famous. No money. Keep working. Money. World peace matters more. <laughs> <laughs> well, we cut to this crowd of fans chanting Blossom's name. And we have these two talking heads from fans. The first girl gushes about how much she loves Blossom and has all of her records. And the second says that she had her name legally changed to Blossom. Now, these two girls, I'm saying that they were cameos before they were cameos. So the first fan will appear two more times in Blossom. Oh, as two different characters. Of course. So she'll appear once uh, later in season two, and then she'll appear once in season four. So there is quite a, a gap between the second and third appearance. These casting directors are out of control. The second fan was played by Megan McGinnis, who went on to have a fantastic career on Broadway. Oh, wow. So notable credits to me uh, include Belle in Beauty and the Beast, Beth in Little Women, Eponine in Les Mis, and Bonnie in the national tour of Come From Away. And she also appeared in five episodes of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is a fantastic show if you haven't seen it yet. So good. Oh, my God. OK, I, I need to go back and look at that clip again. Yeah, that, that was the one that said I named I changed my name to Blossom. Yeah. OK. Wow. We love a Broadway star. Yeah. Cameos before they were cameos, right? Yeah. So backstage at Blossom's concert, Blossom is getting into hair and makeup and Six rushes in. Derek Slade, the biggest movie star in all of history, is there. And she can't believe that Blossom never told her that that she's dating him. And in walks Derek Slade. And look who it is. Baby Neil Patrick Harris. Sub Doogie Hauser. Yeah. So this episode came out in 91, as we know. Mm -hmm. And Doogie Hauser ran from 89 to 93. So he was right in the middle of it. Yeah. I'm sure he was very famous at this time. Now, people my age who didn't know about Doogie Hauser probably know him as Barney Stinson from mm -hmm. How I Met Your Mother. Um, he was in Hedwig. He was in Rent. He's he's just the best. Yeah. And we love him. Yeah. He's a great stage actor, too. It's like mm -hmm. he, he rides unicorns. 
He goes to White Castle. Yep. He's a star. He has a cute little family. Yeah. I loved it so much that I think I'm I'm wondering if that's the first time the Barney smile ever came mm. out. Because right at the end when, when she's saying, do you want the cameras off? And he says, no. <laughs> In the way he gave the Barney smile. And I just, there's another one where I watched it the first time. It was like, I laughed out loud because it was just like, that was so perfect. Yeah, it's it's not baby Neil Patrick Harris. It's baby Barney Stinson. Oh yeah, exactly. for sure. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, like Al said, they, they have their little conversation. Um, Derek is like, get rid of all these people. I don't want all these people around. So immediately Blossom tells them all to get lost. And Nick tries to introduce himself to Derek, who just blows him off. And then Derek just manipulates Blossom into firing her dad as her manager. And mm-hmm. we'll see about if he's still her father. I, I love that. I have that note is you're not my manager anymore. Am I still your father? Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I think, did she say, I'll get back to you on that? Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, you know, like I was watching that and I was thinking, I'm, there's some days where Jen would have fired me as her manager back then when she was that old, I'm sure. No. Oh, if a cute boy told you to? Oh, I think she would have. Mm. No, she would have taken the cute boy for sure. I don't know. <laughs> you were, you were my hockey coach for several years and I didn't fire you. So, well. Yeah. That's different than him just being your manager, though. Yeah. He's coached for a whole team. They, they, you all have to agree. <laughs> That's true. What she's not telling you is she played defense, and I was forced. I had to go to the offensive end of the bench because I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell her a thing. Wow. <laughs> he was uncoachable by father. You know, my boss, Dad, can't tell me what to do. I'm my own woman. I would have been out the door as a manager so fast. And you were so mad because as soon as you switched with the other coach, the other coach told me the same thing. I would do it immediately. Oh, yeah. I think that's most kids, though, right? Like their parents don't know anything. Or like, you know, they know, but you don't want to be told what to do. By your parents. Yeah. Yeah. Smart parents tell tell another adult or somebody to tell them what they want the kid to do. (laughs) You know what? It's so funny because we keep saying you're Nick, right? Like we see Nick do that throughout the series. Like Nick will try two times. He'll be like, Tony, you're up. You do this (laughs) because I know they're going to listen to you. Yeah. Yeah. Taffy and Tony. Yeah. Yeah. So Blossom and Six are backstage practicing their song and walking to the stage and they're They're fucking good. They're real good. This is also an exact pull from the documentary. The same song? Well, not the same song. Like, I think they pulled a goofy song just to make it funny. But there's a couple instances in the documentary. Um, Madonna had two primary, like, backup singer girls. It shows them walking backstage and they're, like, rehearsing their harmonies on holiday. Okay. (laughs) And it's, like, a whole thing. And they're singing as loud as they can. So, like, everybody can hear. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so it's it's pretty cute. We cut to their pre-show prayer circle. Blossom has like a hard candy in her mouth. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it might be uh like throat drop. So she says that she knows God is busy with world hunger and diseases and all that stuff, but her concert's really important and she had a frog in her throat earlier. So Hey Dad, do you want to talk about the lozenge? I if no, I want to reach I want to reach through the TV and cuff her in the back of the head to knock that lozenge out of her mouth. And it's a, that is a direct take from the Madonna because she does that in her thing. She's got, 
she's always got the food in her mouth when she's talking and stuff. And I, you know, I have one of those, uh, you know, it's not a phobia, but it's, it's something. Oh, the, the sound of eating. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the lozenge in the mouth, it's just the way it's. And I, when I was watching went, Oh my God, this is right out of the Madonna movie too. And she covered, she did it perfectly. Yeah. Well, I did. I did notice that in a lot of scenes, she's eating or drinking. I think earlier I noticed today um, the scene where they're watching Donahue. She is dipping a lollipop into pudding. Yeah. I want to do that. Maybe <laughs> some pudding and a lollipop. Yeah. No, but like, I love that that's a straight rip because obviously they made the joke where whatever she was eating she found like the grossest way to do it but it wasn't that far off yeah like we'll get there but there's a scene where she's like eating soup and it's just super <laughs> super gross but that's what madonna did yeah so from this backstage prayer circle we cut to this woman swimming in a swimming pool in the tiniest bathing suit ima imaginable she is very well endowed um <laughs> And she climbs out of the pool and look who it is. Buzz. Great. Our favorite. Our favorite. He hands her a towel. We can assume that this is his young girlfriend that he probably gives a lot of money to. And he says he loves Blossom because she bought him a house and a Rolls, Rolls Royce and a signed Jamie Gertz photo. <laughs> On the condition that he never talked to her again. Uh, my note for this was like, wow, bitch Blossom is finally doing that shit right. Being like, Buzz, <laughs> go away. Never talk to me again. We all hate you. I wrote good choice, Blossom, in all caps. <laughs> so we cut to a series of talking heads. So Joey says that he and Blossom have a give and take relationship. She gives, he takes. Nick says Blossom won't survive without him. And then we have Don King, who is Blossom's new manager. Who is Don King? So he was a famous boxing promoter and manager um, who was very controversial. So he was charged with murder twice. Once in 1954 for shooting a man in the back after seeing him trying to rob one of his gambling houses. And this was ruled a justifiable homicide. Uh, um, and once in 1967 for stomping an employee to death. And that one was ruled voluntary manslaughter. And he served mm -hmm. three years and 11 months in prison. Yep. And he was also embroiled in a bunch of lawsuits with people like Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson and ESPN. You missed the most important part about okay. Don King. You tell me what that is. He had the most glorious hair. Oh, well, I think we all saw that when we watched the episode and saw it sticking straight up. Yeah. I'm, I'm just I, I feel like before I knew who Don King was, I could recognize Don King before you knew who Don King was. You knew what Don King's hair was. Yeah, exactly. You had, you had a Cupid doll as a child, I think. <laughs> yeah. Just like troll little troll dolls. had yeah. That hair. yeah. So we cut back to Blossom backstage at her show. She sprang something in her throat. I'm assuming it's one of those throat sprays for sore throats like mm. chloroseptic and Jen I have to ask do you remember when we did Rocky and our Rocky got a sore throat and sprayed a crap oh ton God. of chloroseptic down his throat till it was numb uh -huh. and his mouth was sideways for the entire show <laughs> so this happened on the night when we actually had our official recording of the show and photos and all of the official stuff. So we all from that cast and crew have this DVD of this particular performance 
where those poor guys just like trying to get through like sort of Damocles, but half his face is just like fallen. He opened his mouth sideways. Like, he'd open his mouth. He still made it through. Oh, he sounded fantastic. Yeah. He did a great job considering, but it's immortalized forever. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm watching her spray, just like continuously spray, spray, spray. And I'm like, oh, her mouth's going to be sideways. <laughs> yep. So don't use too much of it, kids. Oh, yeah. You kids stay away from that stuff. I actually ended up in the ER when I was on the road once. Something was. <gasps> and i had to uh i had a really sore throat and so i you know everyone kept saying keep using that so i did that sang a set and uh ended up in the er because my throat totally closed up on (gasps) papa you've never told me this well there's there's certain road stories jen that just you know (laughs) have to stay in the trunk i learn a couple more every year it's very illuminating (laughs) That's what it is. It's, it comes out a bit at a time. Yeah, I didn't know that. Oh, my. So, OK, I know this was a long time ago, but like how much did you actually use to that point? Well, more than I did. It, when I, and, you know, the funny thing is, as soon as I saw her doing that, I thought, you know, I was thinking, I hope that's like misting water or something, because that, well, God was going to use a brand name, but I better not do that because I don't want to. <laughs> get you opinionators in trouble but yeah that stuff's uh boil it'll it'll i'll say the name if they give me money (laughs) so yeah i'm sure on 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 set as a prop it was water but i'm it was supposed to be a throat spray but i also have to point out that you called us opinionators and that is fantastic and that is all i'm going to refer to us from now on merch (laughs) yeah I'm glad I could contribute some. <laughs> That's fantastic. So Tony is telling Blossom that if she mentions God during the show, she'll be arrested because they're in Colorado after all, where they don't believe in God. Uh, <laughs> I think they just had to pick a state because yeah, I, I, in the, there was stuff in the, in the Madonna documentary, right. About performing in other countries. Was that the, was that what they were referencing? Yeah. So this actually happened in Toronto. Oh, yeah, so um, they she was on the Canadian leg, and there's a whole section about it. Um, so people got wind of what was in the show ahead of time, and the particular scene in contention was at the end of Like a Virgin. She performs Like a Virgin with like a couple of backup dancers. She's doing like Madonna shit on the bed. You know, I'm pretty sex positive. This was too long. It, it was like a solid five minutes of her like pretending to have sorry dad masturbation orgasms on the bed like so they got wind of it in toronto and i guess at the time um they were saying it was against uh i can't remember what the law was but like lewd acts in public or whatever yeah morality Yeah. yeah so they actually sent the cops to the venue and told her you know if you don't take that particular part out of the show we're gonna arrest you at the end of the show Right. So there's this whole segment of going like, no, I need to I need to keep in the masturbation because it's my art. Like it's a whole <laughs> it's a whole thing. They did. They didn't end up arresting her. They were like, what are you talking about? We never said that. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> it's Madonna. You're not going to arrest Madonna. Like, are you kidding me? Right. And that show, she kept it way up, too. I think that like she she that last a little bit longer yeah she, she might have done it out of spite right like oh, absolutely. she had a time yeah that's <laughs> what she had yeah she well they they also arrested john lennon so you know it's like yeah Tron, toronto the good 
Uh, right? No <laughs> so yeah, so Blossom says that just won't do. She has a whole number that's based around the church with hooded robes, candles, and a mechanical lamb that bleats in ancient Hebrew. <laughs> and she answers to a higher authority than God, Don King. <laughs> I am so excited. <laughs> oh my so, God. We got to another talking head. This time it's David Cassidy. Who is David Cassidy? So he was an American singer, actor, best known for playing Keith Partridge in The Partridge Family. Uh, if you don't know what that is, it was a 60s sitcom about a family band and they traveled mm-hmm. around in their family band fu- bus and yeah. were a cute little family band. Um, yeah. It seems he had quite a sad life. He battled alcoholism and died at the age of 67 from liver and kidney failure. Yep. Yep. But he was, uh, you know, even my uh, my lovely wife will tell you she had a David Cassidy poster on her wall when she was a young girl. Yeah, well, he was quite a heartthrob in his day, wasn't he? He was so cute. He was uh, all over the magazines, yeah. He had that cute little shag haircut that he would, like, flip around everywhere. <laughs> I wanted that hair when I was a kid. Okay, you can't even act like you didn't have long, lustrous hair, father. Well, yeah, but- but he had the he was the initial original kind of feathered feathered look, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, How does he dare to do that? <laughs> <laughs> so he tells the story about him, Keith Richards, Ronnie Wood, and Blossom jamming in a hotel room when all of a sudden Blossom jumps up and chucks a TV out the window. And we're backstage after Blossom's concert. She's telling Six how great it was while this chiropractor cracks her neck, which I don't I hate watching those videos like it's a thing on YouTube of like people getting adjustments and it just I'm just like like I don't want to watch someone like yeah no no so we cut to this post show backstage party Blossom has this voiceover telling us about how sometimes the big wigs show up and you know the biggest of the big are these network executives and in walks Warren Littlefield who is Warren Littlefield (laughs) There's going to be a lot of these guys. So he is a Hollywood executive. So he developed Cheers, The Cosby Show, Golden Girls. Yes. As a senior vice president at NBC. And later he oversaw the creation of many shows, including The Fresh Prince. And Mm -hmm. you guessed it, Blossom. Hell yeah. And he's also a TV producer. And he's currently or recently uh, executive produced Fargo and The Handmaid's Tale, among others. Yep. A little successful. He's kind of a big deal. Just a little successful. Yeah. So he tells Blossom that her concert was cute and Blossom absolutely hates this. She wants her concert to be anything but cute. So she just immediately starts attacking him and kicks him out and tells him to go back to Hollywood. <laughs> this is a real thing. Is it? Okay. Okay. Tell us. Jen, Jen has the reference. I got to have the reference for this. So in real life, it was Kevin Costner. With a super sweet 90s mullet. So he goes backstage and it, he's like so awkward. Like somebody was like, you should go backstage. He's like, I don't really want to, but I guess I'll do it. So he's super awkward. And he tells Madonna that her show was neat. <laughs> <laughs> and she doesn't go off like in the episode, obviously. She goes, she kind of goes, oh, neat. Like, what do you mean by neat? But she doesn't like outwardly become bitchy. So Kevin Costner is immediately like, oh, I just, you know, it was it was neat. I haven't seen anything like that before. And as soon as he leaves, she like turns around and pretends to vomit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 
it was very close to that scene. Yeah. Yeah. So we have another talking head and it's Dinah. I assume that's how you pronounce it. Dinah Manoff. Mm. Who is Dinah Manoff? <laughs> well, I know her as Marty from Greece. Yes. I didn't pick up on Jen actually told me that. And I went as soon as she said, I went, oh, yes, you're you're correct. <laughs> yeah. So I had IMDb open while I was watching this episode because I knew there were a ton of cameos and I wasn't going to catch all of them. So when this woman popped up, I I had her and one of the next women up and I was like looking through old pictures of them trying mm-hmm. to match like from that time period because their recent pictures, like they look pretty similar, these two yeah. women. So I'm like, which one is it? Which one is it? <laughs> but I figured yeah. it out. It was Dinah Manoff. And she talks about how Blossom showed up to her acting class class and everyone was kind of like oh she's gonna try and act now but then she performed the final scene from Thelma and Louise playing both characters and drove a a car through the studio wall and they were like oh I guess she's good if that is not the shadiest shade at Madonna's acting career yeah well no what is I feel like there was a story not this extreme obviously this is an exaggeration but of her showing up to somebody's acting class and them thinking like oh whatever and then her doing a scene and they were like oh my god she's so good (laughs) i'm not saying that but i'm saying i heard a story i think i remember hearing a story of of an actor basically saying what what dinah manoff says here but Mm -hmm. not as exaggerated like she didn't drive a car through yeah Yeah. so then we cut to uh, a talking head with tori spelling do I need to explain who Tori Spelling I, is? I don't. 90210. She 90210. was like OG 90210 bitch. Yeah. She also had a small recurring role on Saved by the Bell as Screech's girlfriend, Violet Bickerstaff. And so 90210 began airing a year or two before Blossom. So she was at the beginning of her fame here, but famous. Everyone would have mm-hmm. known who Tori Spelling was. And she complains about how Blossom caused drama on the 90210 set by dating Luke and Jason at the same time. She's dating grown ass men again. Yep. Well, <laughs> like we said at the beginning, though, she's imagining herself like yeah. as an adult, but yeah, also 15, but also an adult. Drag me back into episode one season or thir- episode 13, Jen. We aren't going there. Oh, my dad and I had a whole conversation about the grown ass man. Yeah, no, no, nobody. Nobody thought that was OK. Nobody. Nope. Nope. Nobody. Uh, so Blossom, our next scene, Blossom and Nick are in a restaurant. Nick is causing a scene, crying and begging her to rehire him. Again, she's trying to eat. I can't tell if it's super melted ice cream, but it's something. <laughs> then we have a talking head with David Faustino. Who is David, David Faustino? <laughs> <laughs> Love you. Oh, he is an actor who at the time was playing Bud Bundy on Married with Children. Since then, it seems to be mostly guest stars, um, but he would have been quite famous and probably a little bit of a of a cute boy at this time um i'm gonna say a credit that i love and if eric Mm -hmm. were here he would say it instead of me so one of his most recent things is he was a major voice actor on avatar legend of korra (laughs) and he voiced mako who is the cute boy well that lines up (laughs) yeah he's quite a cute boy here. So yeah. he talks about what it was like being married to Blossom. Again, they're all still 15, but yep. also 30. So mm-hmm. he said he didn't like living such a public life with the cameras in your face constantly. In fact, he's done with this interview. And this kind of, when you were talking about Madonna and Warren Beatty, like this was what I kind of clicked in on was like, oh, David Faustino, mm-hmm. that must be a little bit of a reference to that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, but I think between that and the Johnny Depp phone conversation, I think that was them 
covering that whole thing. Yeah. So then we have a talking head with Wolfgang Puck, famous chef. I don't think you need to explain who. (laughs) So he tells us that whenever Blossom comes into his restaurant, she orders two steamed lobsters, one to eat and one to take home to put on a puppet show for children. (laughs) What a great line. (laughs) I was rewatching the episode this morning with my husband and he hadn't seen the episode yet. And that line happened and that he laughed for like a good three minutes. Like <laughs> that see, it takes a lot to break Tristan. Yeah. And well, it's it's just so weird. It's just like what? Like a steamed lobster for puppet shows for children? Like what? Uh, what? In Wolfgang's, like, he has the the most pleasant like happiest way of speaking. So just him in particular saying that, like he just sounds so thrilled. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things where he says it and then you like a minute later, you're like, wait a minute. Did I hear (laughs) what I, what I think I heard? Cause that doesn't make, and those words don't go together. That doesn't make sense. So then he advertises his cookbook. You can buy one. Maybe your mom wants a copy. And (laughs) (laughs) we cut back to our blossom talking head. She tells us that she has a great father and a great relationship with him. For example, she's currently sick with the flu and he's taking care of her. And this is kind of where the facade starts to slip. Like Mm -hmm. her reality is making its way into her dream. And Tony is really confused. He's like, what are you talking about? Um, He feels her forehead. She definitely has a fever, but no, no. Blossom says she's fine. They can continue with the interview and we go more back into this, this documentary fantasy. Mm -hmm. And she says that she loves her dad with all her heart and would do anything for him, but don't ask about his job. We're not discussing business. (laughs) Blossom and Tony have a little argument about what she will or won't talk about until finally she tells him to turn the camera off or is fired and the camera goes off. Yep. Instantly. (laughs) Instantly. So another talking head. It's Richard Blackwell. Do you want to say it, Jen? Who is Richard Blackwell? (laughs) So he was a fashion critic and costume designer, and he was the creator of the best and worst dress list. So it started as a one-time article for American Weekly and became a sensation. And then all these magazines started doing their own version of it. So if you pick up a magazine today or go on a magazine website, you'll still see best and worst dress lists. And it's all because of this guy. Mm -hmm. He's a sassy bitch. Yeah, he calls Blossom a fading flower. She is 15. <laughs> he was he was he was great to watch after the Oscars and stuff. Ooh. He was brutal. <laughs> <laughs> so Six and Blossom are discussing Blackwell's comments, but since he didn't mention Cher, Madonna, or Princess Diana, and he spelled Blossom's name right, it's cool. <laughs> Guess what? Another talking head. Whoa! It's Martha Quinn. Who's Martha Quinn? <laughs> She's a television personality. So she was one television? of the television. Tell I know I said that's so weird. <laughs> so she is a television personality. I think I said it weird again. Um, she was one of the original MTV VJs. And she thinks Blossom is just the coolest, saying that her video for Tastes Like Chicken will never be topped. And this was another line that got an audible laugh out of Tristan. <laughs> I have so many questions. Me as well. Me as well. Like, is is this supposed to be referencing? a specific Madonna song, but I don't think she has any songs that would even come close to taste like chicken. Dad, was there anything out there? Not even Madonna, but like anything out there. I think that was the writer sitting there and just like having the, what would be the most ridiculous name of a, yeah. a, a video? You know, it's like, 
taste. Sounds like a Weird Al song. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. But it was at that time, food was big in the 90s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wait, no, wait, no, we're stopping on that. Food was big in the 90s? <laughs> yes, there was all kinds of crazy foods, and it all tasted like chicken, so... <laughs> That's great. (laughs) So Blossom is on a roof contemplating her life choices so far, lamenting that it's so hard to find people that you can trust. And we cut to her eating soup or pasta from a bowl while lying sideways on the floor and like kicking her leg in the air, talking Mm -hmm. on the phone to her mom. Her mom wants tickets to her show. She tells her mom, it doesn't matter how many you want. I can get them. It's my show. So her mom wants seven. So she tells her that'll be $228, which I know the joke is that she's like charging her mom for these tickets to her show. But I feel like $228 for seven tickets is super cheap. Yeah, I, w- I almost was going to do the math on that right away because it was like, wow, good deal. <laughs> yeah. Even with inflation and everything from 91. Well, that's. I don't know. Now you're looking at that for one ticket. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, unless she's selling her mom like nosebleed seats. (laughs) Maybe (laughs) that might be the joke. Was this the scene with the food that you hated, Jen? This was this was the other food where she's like slurping up the soup. Yeah. You can hear the the sound of the spoon like hitting her teeth. Yeah. It's so gross. It's so gross. I almost had to turn it off. (laughs) Then we cut to Blossom and Six lying on this massive bed. Blossom is listing off female celebrities. After each one, Six tells Blossom, no, she's prettier. So (laughs) it's Meryl Streep, Cher, Madonna, Julia Roberts, and Cindy Crawford that Blossom is all prettier than. Yeah. Blossom is so touched. Six is the only person in her life who's not afraid to tell her the truth. Mm -hmm. So this isn't an exact rip of a scene, but it's close enough that I think this is what they were trying to do. There's a scene at the end of the documentary, which is... I mean, the whole thing is uncomfortable, but this scene is especially uncomfortable because at the beginning of the documentary, we see Madonna being like, oh, my backup dancers, I love them. I'm like their mom and I take care of them. (laughs) So there's this scene where she calls each of her backup dancers, most of whom are gay, by the by, to her bed one by one and says, get into bed with me. I want to talk to you in bed with Madonna. Right. So I think that's where that came from. But all of the conversations with these gay men are like, oh, come snuggle me. Like you're Uh. you're just uh, like I, I take care of you. Right. Like you like me, like if you weren't gay, like we could totally like all these conversations were such weird, like like sexual power play. That's uncomfortable. Sort of, but she like pulls in each of the dancers one by one. Like she set this up for the documentary to do that. It was just like the most weird. I don't know what she thought it was going to make her look like, but it made her look exploitative. (laughs) So I, I was thought that's what this scene was doing. Are you aware that her dancers launched a lawsuit after that movie? (gasps) Really? Yeah, no, they, because they said, um, I guess they, well, they had obviously signed up something, but they, uh, yeah, they, they said it infringed on their privacy and, and showed them in a bad light or something. So I don't think, well, 91, probably mostly the facts talking about their orientation. One thing I will say about the film is that like, especially for that time, it was just like, here are my backup dancers. Some of them are gay. It did show them as just like regular people. 
besides Madonna being weird and being like, I can't sleep with you, but like, I would if I could. Like, besides her making that commentary, besides that, they were just regular people who happened to be gay, which I thought was cool. Right. But it's like, did they talk about being gay or did she talk about it for them? Like, that's the difference, right? Like, they happen to be sitting around and just discussing as one does when you're within your own community. Yeah. So I could see them like if they didn't know a camera was there maybe at the time and they were just having chats yeah and then it made its way into the finished product Mm -hmm. because there is yeah there is like a difference between like being out to your community and being Mm -hmm. out to the world and like you having the agency to make that choice yeah and not having it made for you yeah not having somebody else do it yeah Mm -hmm. do you know if they won dad i'll get back to you on that (laughs) oh okay okay i didn't know how much you knew i'm not sure i think there 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 was i'm sure there was a settlement of some Mm. kind you know, even if it didn't, wasn't public, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Cause she really did. Like there were a few scenes where she kind of like, it looked like she was almost putting them on the spot to like show how much like, Oh, oh. we're just, we're just family, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. Very self-serving. Yeah. Yeah. So we cut to Tony's talking head and he says that Blossom is a genius and a flawless entertainer. Her only flaw is her total lack of talent. and to illustrate this we cut to blossom's hotel room where there's this rocker dude with super long hair and he has this new guitar for blossom he demos it rocking out playing this cool lick and blossom's not really impressed because like yeah you can play guitar what's the benefit to me here it turns out that this guitar is basically a tape recorder Mm -hmm. (laughs) pre-recorded guitar licks in it so you can pretend you know how to play now this guy reggie he is played by rylan allison who is a Hollywood musician and composer. He's done music for Madagascar, the Simpsons movie, B movie and Iron Man. He also appears in one more episode of Blossom playing a different character at the end of this season. God damn it. I kind of give them like a little bit of leeway with this episode because it's, I'm fantasy reality, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Casting people from her life. So if they show up later, then that's, you know, she has cast this person as Mm -hmm. someone else in her dream. Yeah. So, so Papa, I have a question for you from this scene that I thought of later. So obviously he's showing her this guitar where someone else can do the licks for her and it'll look like she did it. And I know that this was, this was around like the Millie Vanilli era, right? (laughs) Yeah. So I I just, do you have any thoughts from like what was happening at the time? Was this like a huge, I mean, I know it's always a big thing, but was this when that sort of like lip syncing, like we're going to find out everybody who lip syncs and we're going to like throw them to the wolves, you know? It was the beginning. That was, that was kind of the time air bands and all that stuff was happening too. And even over here, I mean, in, you know, Japan had been happening for years, but karaoke was just starting back then and that's you know you were getting people going to the bars and thinking they were madonna because they were you know singing in in karaoke in a bar Mm -hmm. you know the the thing with the air guitar was there's there's uh you know going back to the monkeys days they they apparently the monkeys used to have they said they had real musicians underneath of the stage really playing the songs and, you know, like Mickey was up there bashing the drums, but they weren't mic'd. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, the monkeys, it always bugs me when people, you know, dad and I, we used to sit and watch the monkeys all the time. I loved the monkeys. <laughs> I freaking love the monkeys. It always bothers me when people come after the monkeys because they started because of a show. Like yeah, they were they- not like a band who got a show because people thought they were real. 
No, yeah. they were cast actors to play a band. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think the thing with Millie and Vanilli was that they were it wasn't even their voices like it's it wasn't like like a pop concert these days where you're lip syncing to yourself because the dancing you're doing is is so difficult that you, there's no way you can sing and dance but it's still your voice that you've recorded whereas Millie and Vanilli were pretending to be completely different people yeah they had the hair though yeah <laughs> so the scene ends with uh, Reggie telling Blossom, you know, when she faked the guitar, that she looks super real and has a great talent for faking. And Blossom says, oh, I know. And this <laughs> felt a little weird. Did this feel weird to you? I mean, I just took it as part of the scene. Well, because I know they're referencing Madonna and like how we talked about she had a whole thing in her her show where she's like masturbating on stage. Oh, so it felt a little icky to me. Oh, I didn't even think of it like that. Oh, no. Mallory. <laughs> Are you mean this episode? <laughs> it just felt icky. I was like, I don't like this. Yeah, I, I just took it as 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 a further. She's starting to come out of the dream. Mm. why she you know she's like i that's what i the way i took it mm. but see and i took it as like a lip sync which is funny because like again original documentary footage you can tell the nights where her voice is tired like you can tell she's really doing it but i thought just because it was the joke of right people lip sync now right that's look at, i'm sorry yes. it just it just felt icky. dirty I, it just felt <laughs> gross i didn't like it so uh we cut to another talking head with Jer Burns. Who is Jer Burns? He is an American actor who at this time was on a TV show called Dear John. He went on to star in a handful of series and guest star on a bunch of others. Most recently, he was in Bates Motel, Justified and Dead to Me. So he tells us that Blossom saved his career by running him over in her limo from which he got a settlement, which put him back on his feet. So we cut back to the restaurant with Nick begging for Jossum. Jossum? Chloe? <laughs> <laughs> We cut back to the restaurant with Nick begging Blossom for his job back. And Nick says he knows Don King is the best manager who ever managed, but he's her dad. And Blossom's more worried about the optics of the situation, but they come to a compromise and we cut to a limo opening to a crowd of screaming fans. And Nick pops out with this Don King wig on doing his best Don King impression. Both Al and Jen are shaking their heads right now. It's so good. It's my favorite part of the episode. So good. Yeah. So he's pumping up Blossom to the crowd. He and Blossom get out and try to make their way through, just like at the beginning of the episode, Six and Tony and the rest of the entourage with them. But this time things are different. The crowd seems to be closing in. Blossom can't get through. She, you know, nobody can get past her. She seems to be having a little bit of a panic attack. And one thing that I did notice, and I hope you guys noticed it too, was uh, that last aerial shot mm -hmm. you can see tony and he goes i'm gonna count to 10 like a parent and starts counting oh my god i didn't see that i was actually watching him but i didn't yeah i didn't hear that that's great yeah it's fantastic and we fade back to reality Blossom has been having a nightmare, as we know, and Nick is waking her up. She's so happy to see him. We have a little bit of a Wizard of Oz moment here where she's like, and you were there and Tony was there and Toto was there, not the dog, the band. I did also notice on my second watch through that she is wearing blue and white like Dorothy. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. No, I didn't 
pick up on that. Yeah, I noticed my second time through. <laughs> so Nick comforts his daughter, you know, it was just a dream and they both fall asleep. And our credit scene is now Nick's dream where he is Elvis and Blossom is his assistant slash manager. And, you know, Nick's in the rhinestone suit. He's got a turkey leg and he's just doing a fantastic Elvis impression. And you can see Mayim just slowly breaking through the credits <laughs> taking bites of the turkey and be like i love turkey I love turkey. <laughs> turkey's great like <laughs> you can hear her one time go <gasps> kind of <laughs> stifled a laugh it's like <laughs> it's, it's so good and that is rockumentary so outfit of the week i kind of have a feeling that we're all gonna pick the same one and that's cool if we do so al why don't you go first well, I being a, a man that was out there in the nineties, I'm I gotta go with Anthony. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then I was wrong. <laughs> I have to go with Anthony. Number one, the beret was very, you know, at the time. Now I don't know what that tea towel was wrapped <laughs> coming out of the back of it. I think it was a bandana, Dad. I was wearing do rags, but not with not with a beret. But um also he had the uh uh, him and Nick Exwell had the bolo ties, which were very big at that time. I used to wear one on stage as well. And because uh, it, it, it was, they stole it from country, right? But it uh, mm-hmm. had like the silver uh, swoosh kind of pin. It was looked like a silver feather or something on his little bolo tie. And also another thing I adored was rolling up the sleeves on the coat because that was such a big thing in the 90s. I did that all the time on stage. There's so many pictures out in the world yeah. of you just looking like a 90s baller. Rolling up them sleeves on the dress yeah. coat. We'll have to do a side by side of Tony and Al. Yeah, can we? Am I allowed to do that? You can pick the picture. I'm trying to think of one of uh, her sayings from the show. <laughs> but yes, okay. But. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jen, what's your pick? Um, so I picked the outfit that Blossom is wearing when she's in the restaurant with Nick. Oh, okay. I was super wrong. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's the one, like we see two different uh, instances of it, the one where he's like sobbing. And then later when he goes, mm-hmm. you know, I know Don King's the best, but what can I do? So she has on, I can't remember. It's, it's like suspenders or something. It's like not a full like pinafore or anything. It's suspenders. And she has a white off the shoulder top. She has two separate costume, like really intricate drop earrings, but they're mismatched, which is like super cool. Um, she has a sequined black, uh, newsboy cap mm-hmm. and that's pretty much all we see. Cause she's sitting yeah. at the table. Um, I don't know. I just, again, it was one of those things where I was like in the right situation, I would wear that. Yeah, you would. Yeah, I would. Yeah, you would. <laughs> so I, I chose Blossom's concert costume. I knew which, you were going to pick that. Yeah. Which is a direct, not like it's almost a direct copy of one of Madonna's costumes, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. that's what's going on, but they've covered it in flowers yeah. to make it blossom. So she has a black sports bra that's just covered in daisies with these black sparkly shorts with black tights and black knee pads with daisies on them. And I'm pretty sure the knee pads are the same ones from the opening credits. Mm-hmm. And she has her hair in a high ponytail like Madonna did, but then there's a, a daisy on it as well. Yeah. Um, and so I chose, I chose that. 
Yeah, I did make like I had that outfit, but I did have an extra note that's just like just special mention to the daisies over literally every outfit that she wears. Yeah, they took Madonna clothes and made them blossom, right? Like yeah. they they pretty much did that. Uh Al just put on his custom hat with a big flower on it. It's beautiful and wonderful. Uh so lesson of the week. I mean, there wasn't really a lesson here. I don't know if you guys tried to find something. Don't show your 15-year-old daughter a Madonna documentary. <laughs> like that's that's a good one. Especially when she's sick and likely to have fever dreams. Uh, there, I, I feel like this, this episode wasn't made for lessons. It no. was made to piggyback off of something in pop culture and just to have fun. And you can tell. Yeah. Like you can tell all of the actors were having the time of their lives. Yeah. Filming so, it. Yeah. So on that note, uh, let's let's score this. So out of five spoiled pop stars, Jen, what do you give it? <laughs> You're going to think I'm crazy. I only gave it a four <gasps> because of what I just said. I freaking love it. It was a super fun change of pace. I can't get around the fact that Nick was just like, here, child, Mm. this is good entertainment for you. Besides that, like everything outside of the the real life, so to speak, bookend scenes, the the documentary itself was amazing. You you can't get around the fact that the family that openly talks about sex would have the dad give the daughter this movie like that. It seems on brand for this family. But anytime we've seen. Nick talk to any of his children about sex it's in reaction to something this is him actively giving her this thing fair about a pop culture icon that there's no question that there will be some like pretty racy stuff right you know okay and I'm going to go with the fact that just before I get to um, that, Nick probably hadn't seen Truth or Dare. But it's Madonna. Because, you know, he saw the Bob Dylan, you know, he saw the last <laughs> Waltz and, uh, and Spinal Tap. But I think the Madonna was just a throw in because it was like, you know, he was at the video store and he saw, oh, this is a Madonna video. Maybe she'll like this. Also a point off because I brought up to dad that I wanted the... Um, the closer of Nick's dream sequence to be the boys doing spinal tap. And I'm really mad they didn't do that. Yeah, but they might not have been able to get the rights to the characters. Yeah, that's right. You can you can imitate people. You can't imitate copyrighted characters. That's why, Jen, on um, RuPaul's Drag Race, they'll often be like, I'm I'm imitating Maggie Smith, but it's very clearly her Downton Abbey character because you you can imitate people, but not characters. Got it. Okay. All right. I'm still mad. <laughs> Al, what's your what's your score? I'm I'm giving it a five. Just and it it number one. I I like I say the Madonna video hadn't been out that long, and I think for them to throw that episode together the way they did with all the the cameos, and uh, it just I and I I I really did thought Mayim's uh, acting was was really really good. You know, mm. and if. It, if it was probably the first show I ever saw of Blossom, I would have been, I would have started watching it all the time. Cause I thought, wow, this chicken act, man. Yeah. <laughs> I also gave it a five. If I could give this a six, I would. I, wow. I love this episode. I could not wait until we got to this episode. This is one of my favorite Blossom episodes ever, because even though it breaks from like the traditional Blossom 
mold. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's something completely different that doesn't really go with, uh, you know, the, the lesson of the day and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It is so much fun. All of the actors played their new characters amazingly well. Like it was just so well done. Yeah. Everyone's so talented and you can tell that they were all having fun doing something different mm-hmm. and I had fun watching it. So, yeah. <laughs> so that, yeah, that's documentary. Thank you for listening. Al, thanks for being our special guest host this week. Yay. Jen, as always, thanks for hanging out with me and chatting. Next week, we are doing season two, episode 10, Expectations. So we will see you all then. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to In My Opinionation. Don't forget to rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at IamOpinionation, our website at IamOpinionation.com, or email us at OpinionationPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your opinionation about this or any future episodes. New episodes come out every Tuesday. Thanks again for listening, and until next week, the sun is going to surely shine.